I have one more question. I'm glad I didn't start with this question. Uh, this is uh, this is my teacher. You see her. Her name is Ethel. Uh, okay. Yes, I Ethel see Bruno. Uh, originally okay. from Harlem, New York. Wow. Um, she caught me when I was uh, ten years old and uh, uh, shared her passion with me. Um, I married one of her students. I have two kids. I am a tap dancer. I've seen the world because of tap dance. I owe everything to Ethel Bruno. And she passed away uh, this year. Mm. And I remember and still feel this way. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to continue tap dancing in a world without Ethel. And it was like, it's been, it's been brutal. Like uh, the week that she passed, I had to do a show and, um, you know, and I said, I made the mistake of saying in the show at the top of the show, listen, I was working with this beautiful jazz band, fire musicians. Right. We did the opening number and I did my, oh, hey, thank you for coming. Uh, you should know, I, I just want to be honest with you that um, this is the first time I put on my tap shoes since my teacher passed away. And then I started to like ugly cry. And, yes. You know, yeah. And, uh, uh, it, you know, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a difficult show to, to get through because I had to like dig us all out of the hole of like the trauma that I just shared with, with the audience. You know, they didn't come to necessarily be part of that. Uh, but so right now, um, I, I'm struggling with uh, exactly what I just said. It, it, I, I really don't want to dance in the world without um, Ethel in it. And um, I, I never thought I'd know what it felt like, because I've heard other tap dancers say that I think I'm going to hang up my shoes. And I never understood that because I was young. But now I'm not so young. And I'm at this place where I can hang up my shoes. Uh, uh, and I wonder. Brother, I, you know, I'm going to say something to you, okay? You know, I'm just going to walk like we've known each other 20 years. Yeah, take it. Right. Mother Ethel is cussing your ass out. All that goddamn teaching, <laughs> all that instruction, all them lessons, and you talking about you ain't going to dance? Do you know how that defiles that legacy? Our ancestors are thrown into the Atlantic Ocean, and that ship lands, and we talking about I ain't going to live? Somebody needs an ass whooping. All, all of that working and surviving, and you hand a person that kind of inheritance, and they're mad. Okay, what? <laughs> Sir, you never hang up those shoes. You never hang up those shoes. In fact, isn't there some young kid you're mentoring? Maybe through this podcast. Uh, Brother, get know. find that person. Yeah, find that person. Because the reason that's critical is because you got to do for them what she did for you. Hmm. And 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 not only can you dance, every time you dance, you're supposed to say, 
All right, Miss Ethel, give it to me, girl. Here I go. Here I go. That's how that's got to happen. And you're, you're supposed to shed a few tears because you can connect to them. And no problem, no problem. But you got to dance your tail off, man. What? Because anybody who tells me they had an elder who was that magnificent and that wonderful, and then turn around and tell me, but I don't dance. Like, have you been in jail? Hmm. Who would have an elder like that and not dance? In fact, people should be unable to sit you down. Because if you're distraught because she passed on, right, then you've missed the point, right? I'm going to talk you through this for a minute. It's a little sensitive. Then you missed the point because her passing on is what all of us are going to do. God was not particularly evil to her. It's what all of us are going to do. But I'm really saying this, brother, she's your first ancestor. She sits on your shoulder, brother. She is your encouragement. She's screaming your name constantly. She knows the brilliance in you. She knows the brilliance in your feet. She gets that. She put it in there. Hmm. When people applaud after you dance, you know, and she knows. That's really her applause. Hmm. That's how that goes. And you're supposed to close your eyes and say, thank you. And she will say, you were the one. And I knew you were the one. That's why I poured it into you. But you don't pour you don't pour water into a flower so that it will wilt. That is professor and author Dr. Daniel Black, and this This is the Tap Love Tour Podcast. Tap. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Travis Knights. We've been blessed these past few years to welcome incredible people uh, who open themselves to the process of this podcast and share insights that help us illuminate a deeper path uh, into the dance. Tap dance. Through tap dance, when the stars are aligned and we're able to get out of our own way, we can connect to ourselves. We can connect to each other. We connect to the world around us. We connect to the unknown. At the end of every episode, I end with a promise that we'll be back next time with another wonder-filled guest. Well, I've never meant it more than I do now. Dr. Daniel Black is an author and professor of African-American studies at Clark Atlanta University. His books include The Coming, Perfect Peace, Black on Black, and many more. He is the winner of the Distinguished Writer Award from the Middle Atlantic Writers Association and has been nominated, nominated for the Townsend Prize for Fiction, the Ernest J. Gaines Award, and the Georgia Author of the Year Award. He is a brilliant soul that illuminates the world through his work and generosity of spirit. I first heard him through Dr. Greg Carr, then on the Karen Hunter show at Sirius XM. I then immediately picked up a copy of the relentless, heartbreaking and awe-inspiring book, The Coming. After that, his book, Black on Black, his ideas and perspective consistently challenge me. 
I hope it does the same for you. We have a lot to get to and a little bit of time. So without further ado, please extend your cleanest left foot shuffles and welcome to the Tap Love Tour podcast, Dr. Daniel Black. Uh, how you doing? Man, I'm absolutely fantastic. Brother Travis, you have no idea the, the honor I feel, the humility I feel in being in this space with you, man, and, and, and in sharing this moment. So I'm just, I'm just as thrilled as I could be to be here. Um, do you mind, may I paint you a, a very blurry picture of tap dance? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So um, as the story goes, 1739, uh, a group of Africans, uh, they make a plan. And they signal the beginning of that plan through the drums. And they begin what's uh, now known as the Stono Rebellion. Yes. After the rebellion was put down um, in 1740, the Negro Act uh, is instituted. You know, the, right. the British crown learns a lesson that affects the, all of the colonies, the, all of the yes. slaveholding col colonies, and they learn a lesson. And the Negro Act that was passed is where you get, you know, um, there, it's now illegal to read, to write, the movement is limited and the drums are taken away. Um, right. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Uh, I'm a big fan and I'm about to let in uh, Lisa Latouche into the room. That That's, that's my sister <laughs> okay. in rhythm. But I'm going to keep on going with this blurry picture of tap dance. Okay. 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 So the Negro Act is passed. And uh, what, what do the Africans do with their ancestral history, with their culture? They transfer their rhythm corporeally. Uh, and the slave owners, they look at their property uh -huh. and they say, oh, look, the bucks are dancing. And so they, they call it buck dancing. Um, and then some entrepreneurs like Thomas Rice, um, they decide to imitate and they, uh, they paint their face black with using burnt cork and minstrel shows become very successful for over a hundred years this is great business in the united states canada where i am right now uh, and all over europe at the center of what's happening in minstrel shows is tap dance mm -hmm. uh, and and so you have on the one hand these africans that are preserving their culture and then you have business minds that decide to make a profit to make fun to use propaganda and minstrelsy uh, and at the center of that is tap dance itself sure 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 um i see a, a similarity between uh this story and hip-hop hip-hop uh -huh. starts out in the community sure. it's it's sure. culture based it's about sure. coming together it's about connecting to sure. um each other ourselves the ancestors all the things and then business right. comes in and turns it into uh, this this commercial thing Certainly. and i guess the the main thing that i want to ask is how do we protect how I'll start here. How do we reclaim tap dance? Yes, yes, yes. You know, I, I, I want to say a couple of things about this, brother. You know, yeah. I, I used to dance some years ago, so I'm sure that's something you didn't know. <laughs> um, and so uh, I'm, I'm very excited about this moment and this topic. And there are a couple of things I think that's very important for us to understand. Number one, it's very important that we do not give tap dance over to slavery in terms of its context and its creation. Mm -hmm. We were not tap dancing because we were enslaved. We were tap dancing because African people dance everywhere we go. Right. And we were mm, we were dancing because in many instances, metaphorically and literally, they tied our hands. See, the dance has got to come out in some piece of the physicality of our existence. 
you see. So fine, tie our hands and we won't drum. The feet will do it. You see, mm -hmm. but that's going to be true of African people anywhere you take African people. Because when you take African people, you take also our polyrhythms. When you take African people, you take also the beauty of our movement. You take our understanding of the ways in which we exist in the world. You take our worldview with us. So the dance comes along with us. And, and this is extremely important because if people are not careful, people will believe that we were tap, tap dancing as a kind of formal jig. What, what do you mean by that formal Jake? What do you mean by uh -huh. that? In other words, that we were doing this uh, to entertain white folks. Sure. Right. As opposed to understanding that we danced because that was simply the means and the uh, um, that was simply the means of the avenue through which the rhythm and the metaphor of our existence could get manifested here. If somebody tied our feet and our hands, we'd do it with our heads. See, it's going to be done. Mm, mm. Black folks are going to do it because it is literally in our very DNA. It's in our DNA to move. It's in our DNA to exist, right? So that's the first thing I would say. I think that's extremely important. The second thing that I would say in terms of reclaiming it, right, that is extraordinarily important. It's important to, for people to understand that tap dancing is the feat hammering out the rhythm of what it has meant to be black in America. In other words, the feet tell the story this time because the hands could not. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know why you're winding me up this morning, Travis. I just don't even really know. <laughs> I just listen, listen, man, listen, right? But that's very, very, very important to understand that the feet are doing a cultural work. It's not an entertainment. It's a cultural work. The polyrhythms in the drum are also in the feet. And the feet are doing it upon the earth, if you will, right? Yeah. And the feet are doing it. Uh, my, I, I said it. I promise you, I said it before you say that, so Lisa. Come on. I've already introduced you. They, they know. They, they know you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. See, and, and, and that's really important, too. Because what that helps people to understand then is this communication, if you will, between the feet and the earth, right, is really, in many ways, a kind of bodily libation. But it happens with the, with, it happens with the earth this time instead of with water, right? Wow. That's very important to understand. Wow. We came across the water and, and we gave homage to the water at one point. Now we do it with the land. Because, why? Because the land is the place that holds our ancestors. Hmm. So in many ways, if one understands what I'm saying, in many ways, dance and even specifically tap dancing, because it is constantly, if you will, troubling the earth. Hmm. It is constantly disturbing the earth. It's hmm. constantly um, in communication with the earth. Means it is constantly in communication with the ancestors. Hmm. Right? It is ever calling forth the energy of those upon whose shoulder we stand quite literally in this instance, mm. right? So I think, I think to teach it this way helps people to understand that tap dance is in many ways the ancestral language of a people in America who, who, who needed to find another medium through which um, to speak their ancestral tongue. And it becomes the dance. 
right? There's there's a, there's a there's a lot of um, within. There's a reason that uh, there are very few black tap dancers in Canada. Uh, yes. Not because there are very few black people. That's not true. Uh, but uh, it's 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 um, largely thought of through this minstrel prism. I will sure. not be tap dancing for the white man. Uh, yes. I certainly was raised with respectability politics. You will dress a certain way. You will speak a certain way in this house. Um, um, don't ah, don't eat watermelon or fried chicken in public. Right. Silly, there's, there's a right. certain there's a lot there's a lot of shame with things sure. that are associated sure. with with black with blackness right. and right. Uh, tap dance is one of them. I wonder, do you have any idea of, in terms of the narrative and reclaiming the narrative, how we could exorcise tap dance from minstrelsy? Or, yes. or do we yes. have to? No, we don't it? have to. Because what's funny is, um, what you're saying is right. But it's interesting that, that, um, uh, uh, that fraternity and sorority stepping is not associated with, um, with minstrelsy. Mm -hmm. Right? And here's why because historically stepping is done in the context of the people. Historically, tap dance was pre performed for another set of people, mm. right? This is extremely important. In other words, my answer to that is one of the things that needs to happen is we've got to bring tap dance home. Mm. In other words, I don't know any colleges that te teach tap dance. Mm. I don't know any black ones. Their end shows you the problem. In other words, it is housed outside of us, outside of our institutions. I see tap dance moves all the time when people are dancing the Holy Ghost in church. <laughs> but they don't know that. But also, I don't know any churches where there is, is any tap dance performance. You see what I'm saying? So the, the problem is this, this Black art form has no home in black institutions that's problem number one you've got to bring it home black churches would welcome it but we need tap dancers like yourself to say hey i would love to come and do a tap dance presentation at your church come on right or i'd love to uh, to come to clark atlanta university dr black where you teach and i would love uh to do a seminar on the beauty of, of tap dance when come on and I would. <laughs> cool. See, yeah, yeah. see it's, it's got to happen in black spaces. Mm. That's critical. It can't just happen on stages. It cannot just happen in New York City. It cannot just happen in Broadway. No, uh -uh. it's got to happen in spaces that we own because the ones we own, we also legitimize. That's that's unbelievably important. Number two, we need desperately, and I mean desperately, we need some tap dance, we need some tap dance studios that black children can go to. Mm -hmm. We need that desperately. Um, Lisa's looking a certain kind of way. <laughs> What'd you say, Lisa? Well, uh, this is my son, Langston. What's up? We're, Langston. we're here. Um, in 156th Street, and that's what I say. I say Sugar Hill. Some people say the Heights, whatever. But anyway, hello. And um, you're speaking words out of my mouth as we. I was just talking to wow. Brother Travis. You know, I come from Western Canada. Um, I'm on. I'm right now. 
Hi, Dr. Black. This is me. I speak really in draft. And um, wow. right now I find myself, you know, I grew up in Western Canada, like Travis was saying. Um, I was the only one a lot in a lot of spaces. My dad is, is um, I have Caribbean ancestry, Grenada and Trinidad, and a lot of blackness stayed in the house. So it was, it was, I spent a few years back home recently and it was, urgent easy easy for me to, to be like well hello this is who we are and this is what it is and i was going around in high schools and the 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 joy to share in front of these these high schools now that are you know there's a lot of immigration coming from africa to yeah. Canada right now so for them to just never see this art form before right it in 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 some of its authenticity i mean i am who i am right um it frees up myself, it frees up them, yeah. to your point. So anyway, I say all this to say, is now that I'm back in New York, I was here for uh, 12 years before, and um, I'm now back here with my son. My son was born here. I'm like, oh man, this is, this is I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Consciousness is, is, is not really a problem. The amount of black folks, especially in my neighborhood, if we here. Right. But, wait a minute all the dancing school all the tap dancers are, are it, it's somewhere else it, it, right. it's wild it's really a, a real thing so so for me it's like how do we empower ourselves to just trust i i'm getting the answers i'm asking you this <laughs> to trust that these ancestors will not only show up but show out for us when we're it feels like i'm going into an unknown territory sometimes i'm not saying that there hasn't been a lot of contributors black contributors black tap dancers that have done some incredible work and are continuing to do incredible work but now this is like the only place that i want to exist and i'm terrified because i it, it feels like it's so easy to go and teach in these other institutions where you get that check, right? Or you know, you you feel like, uh, okay, well, well, let me go over here, and make sure I build up my capital, so I can then go over here. And it's like, well, I just want to go over here and trust that I can be a part of building up the institutions that we need within our own people. My mantra is tap for the people. Hmm. I mean, this is a people's dance; it's our people's dance. And and when I really feel that we are drumming up the earth, I feel that we're drumming up things that we won't even really, really comprehend, you know? So it just feels, everything that you're saying, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. How, trust, faith, build, ha. Ah. <laughs> See Lisa, it's the same answer. It's it's actually really y'all and, and Travis, it's the same answer that, it's the same answer that Harriet Tubman got from when she asked the ancestors, how shall we get free? It's the same answer Frederick Douglass got when he asked. It's the same answer King got. It's the same answer Shirley Chisholm got. It's this, and that is, you've got to trust what you know. You've got to trust your ancestors or it's not going to happen. Hmm. There, there will be no clean way it's going to happen. There will be no, we're going to hand you $10 million. That's not the way transformation occurs. That's not the way it happens. The way it happens is somebody like Travis comes along and takes Langston and says, come here, Langston. Let me show you something, boy. That's the way it happens. That literally, that's the way it happens. And then Langston tells his little friends, right? 
and see, and seriously, that's the way it happens. And the studio is my living room that I moved everything out of the way. What? You see, like, <laughs> that's the way this happens, y'all. You know, I've been teaching at a black college for 30 years. And um, wasn't no money already in place and da da da, da you know, and, and none of this. And I started my own organization of young people doing rites of passage and all that. And uh, it's never been a dime. But God is so deep. I'm telling you, God is so profoundly deep. Because, you know, I'm a writer, of course. Most of y'all know that. And what I never knew, you know, I've now taken hundreds and hundreds of kids through this rites of passage, you know, that I do. I had no notion that I was actually raising my own audience. So now when I publish a book, all of those kids, I've journeyed all of those years, not only buy the book, oh no, 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 no. Many of them now are in places where they're the, where they're the principal of a school. So they have the whole school, re you see? Wow, wow. That's how it translates. So now I'm like, oh, God, did God, did you know this? Of course God knew. What God wanted me to do was trust that God had my back. Hmm. And the same thing has to happen with you all. And the same thing has to happen with this art form called TAP. But there are institutions that would welcome it. Just all you got to do is just take it there. I, uh, I'm working on uh, a show. It's, uh, the, it's called The Trial of Uncle Tom. It's going to be the feel-good family show of the year. Uh, but it's all about uh, my uh, uh, complicated relationship with Bill Bojangles Robinson. As a tap dancer, we celebrate his birthday internationally. It's marked as May 25th. Is marked as International Tap Dance Day. Mm. Uh, and um, but as a black man, uh, once again, I'm raised with respectability politics, and mm -hmm. I remember being like in in grade two and my mother telling me make sure you don't skin your teeth on those school pictures and it's a d direct reference to bill robinson and uh -huh. so the the show is in, in the show i i'm putting bill robinson on trial uh and uh -huh. and, and we're going to decide oh, are you that. an uncle tom or not and of course it's complicated and of course if you point right. the finger at somebody you're really pointing the finger at yourself right and right, right, right. I, I guess the first question about it is um how do i engage in this work while still uh maintaining respect for the ancestor every time i walk into the process every time i write down anything about it every uh, every time we eventually go on stage how to extend respect to the ancestor bilbo jangles robinson I think there are two things I would do if I were in your shoes. And this may sound really either strange to you or it's going to sound very spiritual to you. I think you should do a foot washing every time you go to dance. Say more, say more. Tell me more. Tell because me. a foot washing is in, in, in literally a libation at the feet. Mm. Mm. Right? And I think you should call his name out loud mm. as you are pouring water over your feet. I love it. It doesn't matter who sees you. Doesn't matter one bit. I don't care if it's ten thousand people watching. Ignore them. In other words, don't don't sneak and do it privately. Oh, yeah. Don't sneak and do it privately. No, no, no. Because the point is for people to wonder who is this Bojangles he's talking about. Who is this man? Let them wonder. And literally, anoint your feet. Literally, anoint your feet. Bojangles, in your spirit, I dance. Hmm. 
brother, I understand that you made a way for me. And here I come and here I stand. Um, Elder Bojangles, I'm, I'm clear that much of your dance was really the dance of the trickster, which is true, which is true. But that's the same thing as Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom wasn't really Uncle Tom and Uncle Tom, he was Uncle Tom mean. He was grinning at white folks in order to get resources to take back to black folks. See, he was saving us as we're laughing at him. So was Bojangles. Bojangles was doing a little shuffling at times. Yes. Why? Because somebody gave him $50 instead of $2 in the cotton field. Hmm. But not just to get rich, because what most people don't know is what did Bojangles do with the money? You see, <laughs> you see. So there's inheritance and there's lineage here that has to be honored. So that's the first, I would absolutely positively pour libation all over my feet. I take my shoes off, people seeing your feet don't make any difference. I take my shoes off, I take my socks off and I would anoint my feet, right? Before I get on that stage to move. I think that's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly important, right? I, that's also unbelievably vulnerable of you. Oh, it's awful. Oh, oh, the, the foot washing. I dig that. I dig that. Yeah. I dig that. Um, and and your beautiful feet will be seen and known. I hear that. Right. Yeah, that's that's very, very, very important. Listen, right? it'll, it'll help me stay honest. I, I, my feet need some pedicure. My needs feet a little, little, little low, a little attention, listen, love and care. Listen, your feet don't need anything. That's very important. That's very, very, very important. Your feet are beautiful. They're They're wonderful. Right, because if we're not careful, we'll critique a thing before we even get started. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Discussion. If I if I might share, because um, I base I was just telling Travis, I was like, so the what keeps coming in my spirit is just wow, we just really have to prepare our altar, really be specific with that much more specific when we're going in faith Absolutely. like this. Absolutely. Because there feels, I, I listened to one of your um, sermons, if that's the word. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, how do I go to that church? <laughs> that's what was happening to me. Oh my, gosh. Oh my, oh my goodness. goodness, that's really what's happening to me. And, um, but when you were speaking of capacity and, and um, it was the sermon around, it ain't fair. And, oh yeah. Oh my goodness. And I was like, well, you know, well, that sure was something you were God was speaking straight to me through your words and um it is it is so uncomfortable when you realize that it's just where have it's a growing pain. It is. It is. It is. It absolutely is. It absolutely positively is. And the thing we have to do uh, is to take shame away from the beauty of the dance, right? And it's funny, Travis, I th and, and I, I love your honesty, because if we're not careful, even as you were saying, like, if we're not careful, we'll take the shame of what our feet look like instead of celebrating what the feet are doing. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, if a surgeon is fixing my heart, do I really care if his hands are ashy? <laughs> uh, um, 
On May 25th, 2020, uh, the tap dance community uh, all over the world, we were celebrating, celebrating, celebrating tap dance, essentially celebrating Bill Bojangles Robinson. It was wonderful. Yes, we were all indoors, uh, trapped inside. But because of that, like, uh, at least in the tap dance community, we were so connected um, online. It was like, I've, I've never felt that kind of access to everyone. Um, and there was a beauty to it. But then uh, George Floyd happens on that day. And I'm, I agree, with, I, number one, respect and agree with what you just said. But what did Bill Robinson do with the money? So he's getting $50 or much more. And then what is he doing? He's the mayor of Harlem for a reason. Okay. Yes, yes. So, but having said that, um, the images that lasted, like I, I remember being in high school and uh, learning about propaganda. Uh, I think it was Goebbels in Germany uh, leading the charge of 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 um, um, shaping the minds of uh, German citizens and really creating a fervor of disgust against Jewish people in Germany that led to the Holocaust. When it comes to a hundred years of minstrel shows, our own version of propaganda, uh, and to understand how uh, black people were terrorized um, largely because of uh, the perception, the uh, resentment um, and disgust that white people had for black people. I think about Bill Robinson and his contribution mm -hmm. to that propaganda. Mm -hmm. uh, that is very much a part of what's on trial um, because those images lasted uh and the money didn't so i'm wondering for myself now like looking back at the future uh, at, at the past i don't just think oh i want to learn about the past i want to learn about the past in order to affect what i'm doing in the present how uh do you have any insight on how i can i'm going to speak for myself how i can avoid or be cognizant of minstrelsy or something that is going to poison the perception of myself yes. and black people yes. Uh, yes. and yeah yeah. Yes. yeah yes 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 one i would always attempt to wear something ancestral when you dance but now this this could include overalls because see overalls are ancestral if you're american if you were brought to america hmm. see or, or or um african garments it doesn't have to be every single time but i mean teach teach through what you have on as well as what it dances. See, when you make African garb dance, there's a way people find legitimacy in it differently. See, very often when we put on suits and to do that, right, when we, that's actually us putting on the uniform of menstruacy. Hmm. You see. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but when you dance in what you walk in, that's extremely important. When you dance and what you walk in, then the dance becomes natural. The dance, in terms of to, to the eye, the dance be, the dance now looks like it belongs to us as opposed to it, it's, it looks like a black man is performing it. Mm. Right? So at times I would absolutely dance in some, some really comfortable overalls and a, and a t-shirt, I would do it. I, at times I dance in, in, in a dashiki, right? 
that can be enormously important in terms of the message communicates and those images you were just talking about. Yeah. Right. Number two, if you sometimes dance to music, right? Do you sometimes? Oh, yeah. oh, yes, preferably okay. live. Yeah. Yes, yes. If you sometimes dance to music, I would, I would, I, I would overuse the blues, gospel. See, these are the music forms that black people created. I would make sure I'd use a little hip hop, but I would wear gospel out. I'd wear out the blues because those, I mean, that's like down home everyday country folk. You know what I mean? Who, who have not always been associated with the art of dance. So there's a teaching element in there that you get to do, but there's also a way where you get, you'd get to honor ancestors who very often have not been honored and very often when when folks start doing tap dance they go to only certain genres of music mm -hmm. i'm saying broad net brother i hear that the coming is is like i didn't i didn't know that was possible to do that wow um uh, i didn't know that was possible uh but you you brought me through the middle passage Yes. You brought me through the middle passage. I, like I've, I've seen, you know, I've seen the movies and but, but yes. this is complete, I've never experienced that. Um, but as a person that's currently engaged in making things that that are that are challenging, uh, I wonder how you. How did how did you protect yourself? How did how did you survive that process? And and I'm gonna tell you this: it's so beautiful and wonderful, brother. I've got to call you personally. I mean. You just got to be my brother from now on, because yeah. very few people ask me that because they, they, they tell me how wonderful the coming is. But very few people ask me, what did it cost me to write it? Mm. That thing almost killed me. Did you hear me? <clears throat> that thing almost I mean, I'll cry if I talk about it enough. Sure. That thing almost because the ancestors wouldn't give me the story. They told me I had to get on the boat. So every day, ritualistically, I would re-enter that space. But also, ritualistically, I had to come out of it. So the thing I would do is I went outside and I would put my feet in the earth, right? Mm -hmm. I dug a little hole to reground myself, mm -hmm. right? Uh, sometimes I was weeping so hard I couldn't even see the screen. Because these are my people I'm talking about, yeah. right? These are our people, right? Uh, so I did, I did some kind of ritual every couple of days to kind of bring myself back to ground myself uh plus i'm a musician i, I'm, I played piano and organ and oh, all that okay so um so i did a lot of that i wrote some music about the middle passage etc um just just to kind of purge etc so mm. so my answer is that i was always doing something ritualistic right okay. to kind of get myself back to center but that book was emotionally costing like nothing i had ever known I'm I'm reading a book, um, Texaco. Do you know about Texaco? Oh yes. Oh, yeah. I haven't read it, but I've but I have heard about it. Is is it like that? It's it's making me think think about wow your version of that in America because this is yeah. in, with respect to the Caribbean, and I'm also still stuck on one part of your book. And I, when I say I'm stuck, is like I haven't, and you're answering it right now, and I won't paint the description, but um, there's the, it, it's how you wrote. And then when it, when 
we arrive at this so these terrors and the visual like this has been something for me that it is like how do you move past that yeah. like like i had to put the book down because i was like just the grief and i guess that's that's my question is like moving through that grief when it comes up to that amount especially when you realize this is really our story yeah. you know sometimes it just feels unpos impossible it really feels like that um that mm. i'm not running from it i'm not saying that i'm running or asking for an escape right sometimes i just don't know what to do with it yeah you know one of, it's funny your son was on here one of the things that helped me out tremendously as i was writing the coming is i would stare into children's eyes mm. because children have a beauty and innocence really an electricity that has a way to absolutely restore the excitement about life. Mm -hmm. They really do, but you've got to like hold them a minute, like hold it and, show, and just stare, and, and they'll be like, <laughs> and let them. And all you got to say is, I'm getting just what I need. Don't worry about it. I'm getting just what I need. Because see, their spirit is giving it to you, not their flesh. Mm -hmm. Right. But again, their spirit is untainted. It is, it is, um, it's 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 healing in a way that the, where they have not yet been wounded enough not to dream their own majesty. Right. <laughs> does well, it, does yeah. Feel, sorry, does it feel at times that you you have to armor yourself, or is it? I feel like I'm probably going to get the answer as I ask it. Right. <laughs> or are you surrendering yourself? <laughs> You're, you're saying the answer. Oh, <laughs> and that's what happens when spiritual people get together, seriously. Yeah. We talk ourselves into our healing. Mm -hmm. yeah, because we're the healers we're looking for. Yeah. You know, it feels like you need to, I'm stuck on what you just said. Uh, it feels like uh, I need to, it's like a, it's audacious uh, to have the like, excuse me, to have the audacity to dream my own majesty. Uh, and uh, the idea that that's, yeah, that's inherent in a child. Every child. Like... Absolutely. Every child. Every child. Most parents beat it out of us. Oh, man. Yeah. I yeah, met well. Conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm holding on to your words from the online sermon that I saw when you're like, I want, I want you to think about the dream that God had for you when you were conceived. That's right. Yeah. You know? That's right. That's right. I think God, I think what God dreamed for us is so gargantuan, mm. right? I don't even know that God can dream small, you know? Right. Yeah, but anyway. This fear seems silly. <laughs> yeah, we, we still feel it, don't we? <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Dr. Daniel Black, uh, I, I want to thank you uh, from... Uh, the depths of my soul for this uh, conversation. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm glad you exist. Uh, and you make me excited for um, the possibilities that are actually in all of us. Um, Let me say one other thing that's just my spirit, brother, that's so yeah. interesting to me. And then I'm, I am going to run. Yeah. And that is, there's another work I think that has nothing to do with anything you said that you're called to do that I think could be extremely powerful. And that is 
there are probably people who assume you're in the LGBTQ community because you dance. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. There are ways, and, and we'll talk about this more later, where as a heteronormative man who loves the beauty of dance, mm -hmm. which most people see as oxymoronic, Right. There are ways in which I think you could do a healing about black men and gender and rhythm and movement. We'll talk more about that, but I think that needs to happen because I think there's I think there's a disproportionate number of black boys who do not choose this avenue has nothing to do with talent, has nothing to do with that at all. What it has to do with is fear of people's perception of their of their gender performance. But, but but we're losing master dancers in behind it. Damn. And there are ways I think you could absolutely heal that rift among a people who've now gotten lost in somebody else's narrative. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I didn't know that I needed it, but um, over the pandemic, there was a, um, a project that I was a part of and I was working with four black male dancers and it's that uh, that's never happened. It's never happened. I'm in the um, Holy Ghost, and uh, it was extremely important to me. I yeah, hear you. I hear you. See, one thing we as black men, we we've not learned to do intimacy with each other. We try to do it with everyone else, hmm. right? Hmm. Um, but we've not learned to do intimacy with each other because we are we're afraid of our bodies with each other. We're yeah. afraid of our vulnerability with each other. Right. Most black men won't even show their feet in public. Like literally, like I know brothers who are like, no, I don't wear sandals, man. That just ain't me. Sir, we're at the beach. <laughs> yeah. Right. But but this has everything to do. It has everything to do with the ways in which we process bondage. It's another thing. But I just wanted to plant the seed of that. I would love to talk with you about that at some point in the future. Well, then tell me twice to be continued. You know, Travis, if you yeah. can send him what we did with the black community in Toronto. Oh, yeah. I'll send you two things. I want to do that all over the world. Just to see what it's like. Oh, my God. And man, listen, I teach in a consortium of black colleges in Atlanta. Clark, Morehouse, Spelman. Do you know how that would kill in this place? I have an idea. I do have an idea. Oh, God, Travis, we got to make that happen. We got to make that happen. Very tasty then okay so to be continue nothing but the best for you um and Thanks, uh thank you thank you thank you hey love you guys love you too I'll say love you. thank you so much thank you for listening to the podcast if you like what you heard and want to support tap love tour then join our patreon at patreon.com slash travis knights patreon is a service that allows people to support artists and creatives that make content that they enjoy or benefit from now if you're considering joining know this you will be contributing to the creation of new work. Tap Love Tour goes beyond this podcast. TLT is a production house that creates pieces, music, dance, vlogs, documentaries, all related, related to the dance. I have plans for collaborations that are now achievable over time with this Patreon model. You're all essentially Tap Love Tour micro-producers. If you want to help us to create, if you want to join the Tap Love Tour family, then head over to patreon.com slash Travis Knights and join at any tier that you feel makes sense for you. If you want to pick up a copy of Dr. Daniel Black's book, The Coming, or maybe Black on Black, or Perfect Peace, or any of his incredible titles, make sure to get it from your local Black bookstore. I live in Brampton, Ontario, so I get my books from Knowledge Bookstore. Shout out to Knowledge Bookstore. Uh, where do you get your books? 
We'll be back next time with another wonder-filled guest. Until then, much love, one love, tap love, peace.